Welcome to the Dr. Aaron Show. This is a top spiritual awakening and new thought ancient wisdom podcast to teach you how to become your highest self, unleash your spiritual superpowers, discover your soul's purpose, and manifest your dreams. Hi, I'm Dr. Aaron, Dr. Divinity, and I'm committed to bringing you the best manifesting and coaching tips, spiritual advice, trauma healing, and metaphysical recovery secrets. I'm here to help you reprogram your subconscious mind, monetize your spiritual gifts, and love your life. I want you to know that I've been exactly where you are, and I believe in you. Together, we're awakening the world. Live from the universe, this is Dr. Aaron. I'm super excited to break on down my spiritual awakening journey lately. The intention of this podcast is really a heartfelt desire within myself to speak into and empathize and have compassion for the pain and suffering that you most likely are experiencing and the people around you are experiencing right now. So as we all know, there's a lot of terrible things going on this planet, lots of war and discord and shocking terror around the world. And we know there's also beautiful, miraculous things being created and connections in ways that we've never experienced as well. So the intention of this podcast is to feel into and share my personal spiritual awakening and journey currently going on in my life. And I'm going to go backtrack a bit into my entire spiritual journey, but bring it into relatable context that's going on for me right now. So let's begin by taking a deep breath together and just tapping into the field, tapping into our oneness, tapping into that divine nature that we are, our unity, our oneness, our all-knowingness, our pure potential. And what I know for sure is when times like this are going you know, on in the planet, people begin to get hopeless. They begin to shift their core values and they begin to reach more and more for spirituality, for religion, for deeper meaning in their life. And I get it. We generally get pacified by the external world. And when the external world is not you know, coddling us, if you will, then we begin to seek deeper and deeper. Some people will go much more towards addiction and dysfunction. And eventually, those things generally have a surrender. And we generally will begin to have to do our deep spiritual work. So if you're somebody listening, and you feel like there's someone that could listen to this podcast, please share it with them. Because whether we choose to actively spiritually awaken and do our inner work or the universe will demand it from us and bring us to our knees through addiction and dysfunctional relationships, um, workaholism, you name it, whatever it is to have a surrender to doing our deep spiritual awakening work. So again, I'm Dr. Aaron. I'm a doctor of divinity, which means our divinity really is broken down. Greg Braden really said it best the other day. I was watching one of his talks on what's going on in the world, and he said, divinity does not have anything to do with religion. Divinity is really about us transcending our limitations. And so today, I hope to share part of my spiritual journey for you to be able to take some relatability, 
some new possibility and maybe some guidance and step-by-step as well for you to have hope of really coming home to your own heart. Because that's what I think the point of spiritual awakening is, is really to know thyself and come to a place of oneness and peace within and to begin to work for the highest good and harmony. So let's begin. I was born in 1972 and I was born into a fairly dysfunctional family. My parents told me years later that I was pretty much an unwanted birth child in that they were really having a lot of dysfunction. And so I actually came into this lifetime with a lot of abilities. My parents got divorced and my mom thought I was possessed. I would tell her that there was people in my you know, bedroom and earlier even when I was a baby, I would cry all the time as a baby. I had colic. And as I began to talk and whatever, I would tell my mom that there was people in my room. And I think she got a little freaked out and she said, well, tell them to leave, you know. So I came in with a lot of abilities. I could see things. I knew things. I could see the adults, their auras. I just knew things. And really what happened was I felt like I didn't belong on this planet. And I still struggle with that till today. I'm going to be really, really honest with you in that nothing really made sense to me. What we were learning in school, what the culture was up to, what the parents were up to, none of it really made sense to me. I didn't understand this whole thing called the matrix, if you will. And my mom was definitely anti-spirituality because my father and her got divorced because my father went off to really go find himself and seek spirituality. So as my mom began to, she didn't know any better, she just pretty much didn't acknowledge my abilities and kind of um, made me feel like something was wrong with me. So I began to shut them all down. And as I began to go through what I call the innocent years from zero to 11, right? I began to, it was very innocent. It was a very playful time with all the kids and we played outside a lot. And I remember really, really feeling one with the universe. I had this knowingness and I just had this love for the ethereal realm. Two of my friends that I grew up with, their mother became very spiritual. In fact, their parents got divorced because their father was an alcoholic and their mother became spiritual. And she would tell me all the time that I was the only child that was really interested and we would meditate together and we'd look at the auras and she would talk about the angels and I just remember being so interested. And as I came into my adolescence years, I call them kind of the years of of the dark years from 11 to 22. I call it the shattered years. I went into California junior high and high school. We tried drugs, we tried alcohol, we tried sleeping with boys, right? I was date raped in high school. I became bulimic from 17 to 20. And I thought all my problems would be solved if I just got married. And so I married somebody they really didn't even know. And I got pregnant and I had a full term stillborn son, as many of you guys know. And my true awakening began in the mortician's house the day after I gave birth to his body. And I was in this cold, dark mortician's room down in a basement, all alone with his body. And I remember looking at his body and crying and crying and thinking, how could life be so cruel? And like a flash of light, I realized that my baby was gone 
but his body was still here. And I realized I was a spiritual being and I made what we call the power of decision. I powerfully decided that I was going to seek and discover what I was really here for, what my spiritual nature was, what the meaning of life was. And I decided I was going to reach enlightenment. And so I began what now is, I believe, a 29-year journey. My, I had a son a month to the day later. He was now 28 years old. And I began this big spiritual quest that I've been on, becoming a spiritual practitioner, a new thought minister, and a doctor of divinity. And no, I'm not religious and none of our school's religious. I've chosen to not go the religious route, but I definitely got trained in all the philosophy, all of the subconscious work, universal law, and all the dynamics of our true spiritual nature. So we're gonna get into this. So I wanna share with you right now because coming back to this present moment, I, I still to this day, don't feel like I fully belong on this planet. And I'm saying this in a very vulnerable and yet empowered stance, meaning that I still don't fully relate to what our value, what our culture values and our value system. I still don't relate a lot to the surface level conversations out there. I still don't totally relate to traditional relationships and the way we go about doing things and living in homes separated and all this stuff that just really is not, I don't believe our natural state. So today I'm going to teach you a little bit or talk to you a little bit about my journey around reawakening my supernatural abilities. So here I was, I was 22 years old. I had had the spiritual awakening that were not these bodies. I had had a lot of downloads in that room that day in the mortician's house. But I had a lot of work to do. So I began to go on the journey and I began to seek everything under the sun. I mean, you name it, I did it. Of course, reading books. I began meditating. It was very challenging for me. It was literally like taking nails going down a chalkboard at first meditating because I had such monkey mind and so much mind chatter. I began to take pretty much every course I could afford, which I was very broke. I was waiting tables when my son was little. I had no money to my name. And But I began to go to transformational events. I began to dive into subconscious reprogramming, going down the path of past life regressions. Of course, I did Landmark Forum. I did all kinds of sweat lodges. I did not take medicines per se. I was a purist at heart. And I eventually got my nine rights in shamanism, purely, not as with any medicine again. I dabbled in Scientology outside of the church because I was very curious about their work and realized it was actually the opposite of what we teach. It was the opposite of oneness. It was really looking at what was wrong with people. So it wasn't really for me. I became a kundalini teacher, right? I practiced a lot of the the breath work and mantras and, and all of the practice, all of it. I love that so much. And I began, uh, I, I really stumbled upon what I 
my love, which is new thought, ancient wisdom, which is understanding universal law and understanding all the dynamics of how we create through manifesting. And I became a spiritual practitioner and a new thought minister and a doctor of divinity. So in this journey, what began to happen is this. What I realized was I began to meditate and over time I began to have incredible incredible experiences through meditation and I speak about it in the opening of my book where one night at 4 a.m. in the morning my eyes popped open and I was so excited because I was like oh I get to go back in because I began to love meditation I would meditate at four o'clock in the morning or really late at night and all this magic was happening it was like the lion the witch in the wardrobe and I'd go in and in consciousness I could go anywhere tracking through everything and 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 I began to have deities come to me and I began to you know surf through the astral plane and I began to heal things on all levels but this one night when I went into meditation I began to breathe I lit a candle and all of a sudden it was like the joke of the cosmos came in and I had this full out of body experience and I began to laugh as if I had been told the joke of the universe. And I really, really in that moment experienced my true enlightenment. And so what came out of that is a few things. I would go into meditation and I would have these beautiful, incredible moments even before that. But then when I'd be out of meditation, I would be very reactive in my re in my relationships. I was, you know, still had a lot of issues going on. And so I wanted to share with you that there's kind of two massive paths that I had to take to really turn on my abilities. One was going into meditation, and I call it going into the zero point field. In that field, you can tap into the infinite wisdom, right? You can get downloads. You can have your psychic abilities turn on, your clairvoyant abilities, all kinds of abilities turn on. But, and, you have to do what we consider your soul and subconscious work. Because once you tap out of that zero point field, you go into what's considered your mental bank and your epigenetics of your DNA. So here I was, I'd go into meditation, I'd have these beautiful, profound experiences, and then I'd slam into my reactive mind and into my humanhood. So what we do in the spiritual awakening in school and in the program, the spiritual psychology practitioner program, coaching program, is we deal with the subconscious, we deal with the epigenetics, we deal with releasing the tags and dealing with the bank of, of your Akashic records, if you will. So in this, what we experience and what I experienced through the work is I began to have all these abilities turn on. Oh my gosh. So just about a year ago, I was over in London. And I, of course, have done, I don't know, maybe like a thousand past life regressions between clients, between myself, between everything of, you know, multiple decades now, right? And when I began to first do past life regressions, you know, I was in sessions so i'd be in in a room right doing the session and i would begin to track past lives 
And I had a past life where I was, you know, in a, a Nazi camp. I could, and when I came out of the session, I would be able to Google it. And I knew exactly where it was, exactly the name of it, exactly what happened. And I'm not a history buff, so it was, like blew my mind. I had one past life where I actually had had whatever cheated on my husband when he went off to war. I had been, done a, adultery, if you will, and he had to murder me, right? So I tracked through all these trauma events of my past lives, and it was so profound because I would Google afterwards, and it was like I would know exactly what people were wearing, exactly what happened, exactly the date, exactly where. So it really began to not freak me out. It actually gave me such confidence of our true divine nature. But this was all in session. So when I was in London about a year ago, I was only in London for, I think, a couple, two, three days or something. And I wanted to tour around, but it was raining. And I didn't want to just walk around in the rain. So I actually hired a driver. And I began to have him drive me around. Some beautiful Mercedes and... You know, it was like a scene out of the movie and I'm driving around and it's raining and he's showing me all these beautiful sights and telling me a little bit about them. And all of a sudden we we ride, we, we drive by this kind of castle looking place. And, and there was just this instant knowing. And I was like, oh, I've been burned at the stake in there. And this is a lifetime I had already tracked in, in one of my sessions, by the way. So I was like, oh, I was burned at the stake there. And, you know, I'm really open about my spirituality. I'm like, I'm, I'm so out of the spiritual closet. So my driver's like, well, do you want to go inside? You know, I'm like, huh, I better go inside. So he pulls over and he goes, you know, take your time. Just text me when you're done. So I go up to the window to get the ticket, right? Because you have to buy a ticket to go into the castle or whatever. And, and, uh, and I go up to the ticket agent and I go, where were the women burned at the stake in here? And she goes, oh, no, no, no one's burned, burned at the stake here. That's a different location. That's down a few miles from here or whatever. And I go, uh, I just like was like, she doesn't know. So I got a ticket and I went inside and I began to look around and seek around. And then I went to this one tower because it was the Tower of London. And I go into this one tower and this one gentleman is teaching all these kids about the torture that that the men went through in this in this uh, the Tower of London. And all of a sudden, he had, had took a break and wasn't teaching the kids. And I went, sir, sir, do you mind me asking, were there any women that were burned at the stake here? He goes, yes, there were two women that were burned at the stake here. So he goes on to tell me about the woman named Anne Askew. And I don't know if there's any, you know, correlation, but my name is Erin Haskell and her name is Anne Askew. Okay. It rhymes just saying that. Okay. She was born from 1521 to July 1546. And she was an English writer, poet, and a Protestant preacher. And she was condemned as a heretic. You know, she basically was saying, hey, no, God is not a man of sky. And she was saying, you know, sources within basically. And Henry VIII of England was not so happy with that. So she was actually tortured and her limbs so pulled so far that all of her tendons snapped. And then she was burned at the stake. So that day when that happened in London, only a year ago, I had already known that I had many gifts spiritually, but it was a full confirmation 
at a whole other level. I had moments before that, right? I remember one day I went into a store after doing a lot of spiritual work and I walked in and every single person I walked by, I could read every single thought they were having. So there was just this knowingness. I had a, a big knowingness for many years and I could download things. Um, and in my astrology chart, it shows that I'm a, a galactic 27, which means a pure channel. And I am, I'm an oracle pure channel. That might sound like whatever, righteous or, or almighty, and it's not. Each and every one of you has, a, has many spiritual gifts. It's our natural state to have psychic abilities. It's our natural state to be connected because we're one. The true work to turn on abilities is not some muscle to build. It's actually getting out of the way. So what I do with clients and what I do with myself to turn on my abilities, my supernatural abilities, yes, you can rev it up maybe with breath work and meditation stuff, but really the work is actually a counterintuitive process. It's actually getting out of the way. It's quieting down the mind and how you quiet down the mind is not necessarily with meditation. Meditation is one of the hardest ways to quiet down the mind. You need to do that as well. But quieting down the mind is generally neutralizing all of your trauma at a subconscious and epigenetic level. And when you do that work, you organize your subconscious. It's like a computer system. We are a computer. Harvard now has taken one DNA and downloaded 70 billion books, ebooks onto DNA. We're just a computer system. That's all we are. So what we want to do, it's like a conduit for, say, a light bulb, okay? The resistance is what stops electricity. So we want to actually have pure channel and have as least resistance as possible for the energetics to be able to flow through. We are light beings. We have pure light that can come through our channel. All the, all of the information and wisdom of the entire universe. But our job is to get out of the way. Okay, I always use the analogy and the metaphor that imagine there's the sun above you, but there's a bunch of clouds between you and the sun. So all those clouds are the limited beliefs and trauma and everything that divides us from the sun. So our work is really to get out of the way and do all that work so that the pure channel, the pure light can come through you, right? So here we are today. We've got a lot of insanity on the planet. And why I am on such a big spiritual journey right now in particular is that I actually did a podcast, I think about two, three years ago, and it was on my spiritual journey. And I was listening to it. And what I remember saying is that for years in my spiritual journey, I would meditate for like five hours a day. Like I was just so obsessed with the work and I would get in there and do so much work and so much channeling and, and so much um, ancestral um, lineage trauma work and everything. And what happened is it was like my cup was so full. I didn't even need to meditate all the time. I could meditate even when I was driving. It was like everything was... It was like one big meditation, one big prayer. My life was a prayer. And somehow over the last few years, 
I'm sure because the energetics on the planet have gotten so intense in the pandemic and the stresses of running a company and a community has taken a toll on my consciousness just to get really vulnerable. And my neurological system started feeling a little bit out of whack, which I've never felt anxiety ever in my entire life. And I felt, I began to feel like my abilities were lessening and lessening. And so we're at what's called the Aquarius age. And we've known that this is coming. We knew that with all the technology and the AI, that the energetics would be so intense that we would have to 10x our spiritual practice. And so that's exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing the prophecy right now that one third of the population will transition through war and through addiction and through uh, things like pandemics. A third of the population will go insane, which we're seeing that right now with all the polarization and people making everyone wrong and all the addiction and just insanity. And then a third of the population will rise in their spiritual nature. And we will take an evolutionary quantum leap spiritually. So here I am as a leader getting real and raw and vulnerable with you. That I recognize that my mission will not be able to be sustainable if I don't put my spiritual practice back as the most important thing in my life. It's always been the most important thing, but it just, it just seems so easy. You know, it's like, it just was second nature to be in my abilities and to feel like I'm meditating all, all points in time. And it really has shifted the last few years. So, you know, running a, a company and, and running a community is a fascinating thing. And in our spiritual journey, it's easy when we're isolated, when we're alone, when we're tapped in, we can spiritually bypass all the stuff. It's easy to be in the cave or go up to the Himalayas and become spiritual. But when you're in the concrete jungle of Los Angeles or, you know, in the online world and on Zoom calls all day, right? It gets a little bit more challenging. And running a company and doing customer service as a company is stressful. You know, 80% of the of the culture is is what we call social and, and fairly easy to deal with. 20% is what we call antisocial. It's actually 20% of the population. So you have problems. People complain. You know, there's things that happen. This is standard across the industry. And any leader that doesn't tell you this is not being transparent. It's part of a service industry. And one two or 2% of the population is what we call sociopathic. And so about one out of 100 people of our clients become really a problem and uh, it's it's been a, a major stress to deal with insanity. And, you know, as a leader, you take responsibility for everything, but you can't for everything. There's people that are sick out there and you have to have policy and put boundaries and hold your sacred, you know, place. So part of our spiritual development, our spiritual awakening is there's this beautiful part of it is where you're awakening and you're doing your subconscious work and you're, you know, you're beginning to meditate more and more and you're awakening to this beautiful thing, right? And then there's an advanced spiritual awakening, which is a mastery of energy. And the mastery of energy looks like this. What you focus on 
creates. So as whether it be in your relationship or in your business, when you focus on problems, you destroy your relationship. When you focus on problems in your business, you actually destroy your business. This is actually why leaders get burnout is actually because they're focusing on the problems. So as a leader, a true leader, you have to master and overcome that and begin to focus on your mission. Focus on what you're committed to. Yes, put policy in, take responsibility, put boundaries, and get back to focusing on what you love to do, which what got me into this entire industry is my love for spirituality, my absolute love for bringing truth to the world, my love for watching people transform right in front of my eyes, my love for freeing souls. That is my love. My love is my absolute obsession is understanding how to spiritually awaken, to do that deep, deep soul work and to tap into the zero field, to be the pure channel and oracle. So in this, there's a big distinction. There's a distinction between awakening, doing a spiritual awakening and and, and an advanced awakening of making moral decisions for yourself, mastering your mind, to work for the highest good. And my highest good is being tapped in at the highest level. My highest good is being tapped in at the highest level so I can be used for the highest good. There's a talk that Joel Olstein gives and he says, can you handle the blessing? Because I'm here to tell you that with spiritual awakening becomes really hard things. I remember when I was spiritual awakening and feeling like I was going insane, feeling like I was literally having a death and a rebirth. And as a leader, with all the blessings comes the problems and the crucifixion. And oftentimes you'll find that when people put you on a pedestal, they're also the same people that want to tear you down from the pedestal. These are parts of spiritual awakening. Life is a paradox and spiritual awakening is a paradox. There's blessings and curses that come with your spiritual awakening. It will be the most beautiful journey and the hardest journey. We call it spiritual warrior because the spiritual awakening is the most amazing process and journey. And it is the most difficult because you have to die in consciousness. You have to give up all material belongings. You have to let go of all programming, everything. So today I ask you, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? It's the power decision. In my book, I go into four aspects of awakening in my book, Awakening. And the first is waking up and deciding, powerfully deciding to wake up. Okay. This is really about deciding and really taking a look at your life, taking inventory and looking like, wow, I consciously am creating all of my life, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, consciously really understanding that just by observing, you're creating people and places into existence. You are that powerful. The second part of the book and the second step of awakening is reprogram. And this is the most beautiful part, doing all that subconscious work, doing your trauma work, doing your quantum manifesting work, 
reprogramming the subconscious mind is a it's just incredible journey the third step is aligning meaning that through the reprogramming you're going to birth your truth you're going to birth your purpose you're going to birth your passions you're going to really birth your true identity the third step of aligning is aligning to that truth which means placing boundaries aligning to maybe a whole new group of people you may have to let go of your old life you know aligning to your core values aligning to what really matters to you aligning and then the fourth step is affirming every single day and every single way through your spiritual practice this is the muscle that has to be you know built to focus on what you want instead of focusing not focusing on what you don't want if you focus on what you don't want the problems you'll get more of the problems right so doing all this work is imperative which means the core core work of awakening is realizing that you are the creator you are the i am and every single aspect of your life as hard as it is asking yourself how did i create this man that's a tough one how did i create getting raped how did i create being bulimic how did i create the dysfunction with the narcissist right how did i create my divorce how did i create right the good and bad and all finances and health and everything that's the true leader that's the true spiritual awakening is realizing that you created the entire universe that the same source and you created the entire universe wow it's so liberating and such responsibility right so my recommendations my recommendations for turning on those spiritual abilities is different than what you think it is it is yes doing meditation for sure it is doing your deep 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 subconscious reprogramming your trauma work yes learning how to quantum manifest community community is one of the most important things because it's going to be a tough journey without it in fact a lot of people go insane in the journey of spiritual awakening it is imperative to surround yourself with incredible people and you can begin to research and see some of the most amazing mentors that have come through this right i mean baba vanga is somebody who mentors me all the time she's a prophet that transitioned in in 1996 she prophets and and mentors me from the other side she's um over in bulgaria and she was a little girl got swept up in a tornado and and became blind and became a, a prophet in this lifetime jesus christ believe it or not i didn't believe in jesus christ but jesus christ came to me years ago and and is one of my primary guides even though i'm not christian i'm not religious um Christ consciousness is our divine birthright and and the Christ consciousness guides me from the other side all the time. Deity Tara has been with me since I was a little girl. She is one of my primary guides as well. She um her story basically she was a um a little girl and she got was raised with monks in a monastery and she became very very wise and the monk said we would like for you to come back in the next lifetime as a man so that you can be a teacher we see you as a teacher and she said no i will come back as a woman for all lifetimes until women are seen equally as leaders so she she is with me all the time another person that is literally like my best friend i feel like i'm crazy saying this but i'm just i'm so transparent with my with my journey ramdas has mentored me 
for the last three years um, from the other side. He has been with me through some really hard times through the pandemic, and he literally mentors me from the other side. He is one of my best friends, and I love him so much. Um, but you can also look at other mentors and other people that have had profound awakenings. They're not my guides, but they're incredible leaders to take a look at. Edgar Casey was a prophet. Um, Nostradamus, of course, is another incredible leader. Nikola Tesla and his ability to vision and call in profound innovations and inventions in this lifetime. Abraham Hicks, you know, all these people, Jay-Z Knight. Um, what I love now is most of the channels realize that it's just their higher self. When I began channeling years ago, I thought I was going crazy. I thought I was, you know, channeling some deity or whatever it was. But what happened over time is I realized that it was actually my higher self. So we don't channel separate things. And yes, there's deities and angels and everything. But the truth is that there's one source and you are all of it. So no matter if you feel like you don't belong on this planet, no matter if you're struggling right now or not, I know the truth is that you are an immortal, eternal spiritual being that you are here in a masterclass called life and that turning on your natural abilities are incredible but some of their greatest abilities are to be human to be able to laugh to be able to focus on what we want to create and constructively using our energy to master our own emotions is a massive ability okay it's wonderful to have clairvoyant abilities it's wonderful to be able to track past lives but what's even more important as an ability is to be able to see projects through, to be stabilized, to be able to be somebody that is able to be lonely, but be able to reach out and ask for help. That's an ability, okay? So no matter where you're at today, I just want to send you so much love. The day that I had my big spiritual awakening, I had a voice that came through. It was a very clear voice. And that voice is with me today. And as I go and astral travel tonight, as I sleep, I will come to you. And I am right here in consciousness at all points in time. I hear you. I hear your heart. And those years where I was so tapped in that at night I'd have these all dreams went away and these fractals would come in. And one night, this such a clear picture of a ram came in. And so what I know is that there is profound, profound realms. We will always be in the 3D and we'll always be in the multiverse, the 5D and beyond. You are at all points in time already fully awakened. You are enlightened at some level and you're human at some level. And you will always be in that finite and in the infinite, in the alpha and omega. So just know it's not about trying to become spiritual, spiritually you know, awakened. It's about really doing the work and trusting the process. And so my question for you is, can you handle the blessing? Because with the blessing comes the crucifixion. This is the paradox of life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. To love life is to love all of life. If we resist the pain and the suffering, then the, it will persist. If we resist our emotions, the ones we don't want, 
they will persist as well. May your greatest spiritual awakening be to self-love. May you love yourself so unconditionally that tears of joy stream down your face and you're able to accept all of yourself, your humanhood, and your fully divinehood. And I say this with all goodness. God is good. God is within. God chooses harmony and creation because that's all God does is create. And that is the truth of who you are. So now, this journey that I'm on, from 22 to 44 after my stillborn, it was all seeking. Seeking truth, seeking and turning on my abilities. From the age of 44 to 88, I am a teacher. Today I'm 51 years old, not my birthday today, but I am 51 years old. And I am a teacher. I teach thousands of people around the globe and it has blessings and curses. So I just leave you with this. May you know thyself and may you love thyself. As together we say, and so it is. Okay, you guys, if you're ready to dive deeper into your spiritual awakening, I invite you. I invite you to come into the school, come get trained, come begin to have some of the most profound teachings in universal law and subconscious reprogramming in the E4 trauma method and the E4 quantum manifesting method and begin to understand how to use breath work and heart rate variability and begin to master your emotions and energetics and begin to do the work because that's really all we have. No matter the insanity on this planet, you, what you can take is your consciousness. The rest of things, the material things, all that, we don't get to take it with us. We only take our consciousness. And in that, I am saying, I love you, I love you, and I love you. Have a beautiful, blessed day, and may you live your truth. Thank you for tuning in to The Dr. Aaron Show. If you're ready to transform your life, discover your soul's purpose, and manifest your dreams, go to drerin.tv. Join me in my life-changing events, membership, or certification. If you're ready to become a certified coach and get trained in metaphysics of mind, manifestation, and the creative process, subconscious reprogramming, trauma recovery healing, spiritual psychology, universal law, and much more, go to drerin.tv. If you're receiving value from the show, I would love it if you would share it with a friend and give it a five-star review. Have a beautiful day and may you live your truth.